Amen. I want to bring the word of God. I, I realize it's about 34 minutes uh, that are remaining in the service. I want, I want to be laying a foundation of a very, very important subject which I'm going to call it for several weeks. And that is holiness is an essential credential for service. Remember, we are talking about uh, ministry this time. We are at the last We've been on a journey, we've come a long way. Uh, we started by discussing worship, and we moved to discipleship, we moved to fellowship, we've been discussing about the witness, call to witness, evangelism, and now we are at the, at the final of the five themes, the five purposes that we want to balance in this church that legitimizes us to be a referred to as a purpose-driven church, purpose-driven church. And I believe each of these themes can always take us up to where we can mount up with wings as eagles. Hallelujah. Because that is what God's desire is. One of the things that my, my, my our expectation of those of us who are leadership here, hope is to continue to equip you so that you position yourself for greatness. Hallelujah. Because in this congregation, we believe that God's trademark is greatness. Hallelujah. And God has no difficulties of desiring to change your status, to change everything about your life. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the gentlemen I love listening to and I listened to him a lot of times, is a gentleman who impacted my life at a very early time of training, and that is Miles Monroe. Miles Monroe, uh, whenever he came here, whether he, it was, a, it was challenging for people to listen to him, I would pay. Uh, before he died on a crash, he had just returned from here. He was even interviewed, I believe, in the loyal media. He, he was here at this uh, Western Hotel. He was at the Norfolk Hotel. And everywhere he went, I found myself here, there. Why? Because of what God deposited in him. And what is amazing, is even long after he is gone, he's still speaking. Because of what he left behind. And one of the things he used to say is that I want to die empty. I don't know whether he really died empty. That's a, a discussion for another day. But he still left so much. And uh, I, I mean, uh, one of the things I was listening to recently, uh, as, as recent as this morning about him, is talking about the fact that it is our responsibility to plan, but God is the one who, enf who, who brings the plans to realization. And he says, if you don't plan, you have not given God what to work with. Amen? Yeah, you've given him nothing. And so as we talk about these themes, our desire is that everybody in this congregation will understand what it is to worship. And we just had a wonderful, wonderful time of worship this morning. What a great time of worship we have had. But that should be something we do every day. 
Hallelujah. It is good for you to have a song in your heart, in your mouth, whatever you are doing at home. Instead of murmuring and complaining, you can choose to have a song. You can plan to have a song. And it is God's desire that all of us will enjoy the blessing that comes through fellowship. The greatest tragedy any one of you can be in is not to walk in close fellowship with people who can tell you stop this and you will stop. Amen? One of the books I read and I appreciate is a book by Bill Hybos. I associate with people who have a great passion for leadership because I know that's my calling to train. But listen, he has written a book about God's whispers. What has he written about? God's whispers. And in God's whispers, he says, before you, if you have to make a very crucial decision, you need to leverage it through trusted relationships. Through what? Trusted relationships. There are people who you cannot consult when you want to make a decision because they, know, they don't know any better than you. Amen? No, they don't. The people you can listen to are people who are ahead of you. And you admire their way of life. Amen? So, I tell young people, before you make a critical decision, including even when it comes to considering, you are really thinking that you are really have to make a decision about who you are going to spend the rest of your life with. I pray you can have people you can talk to who you trust, not that they will, they, they will not give you good advice or they don't care. Amen? Even before you get to consider to buy a property in a certain area, I hope you have a friend you can tell, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm contemplating. What do you think about it? Please, can you pray and talk to my life? That is what fellowship is about. Priests, the Bible is very clear about the danger of walking alone. In the book of Proverbs, chapter number 18, Proverbs 18, I don't know who is there, whether it's someone who can move quickly to give me that in the overhead. But if you have a Bible, you could still move there very quickly. Remember, this is not part of my notes. It's just, okay. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, his own desire, and rages against all wise judgment. Yeah. A man who isolates himself. Whether you're going to read it from Animal Farm or National Geographic, 
an animal that is going to isolate itself huh, has it is in serious danger. So please, whatever you do, don't walk alone. And be careful who you listen to and who you walk with. Amen? Yeah, be careful. Be careful who you listen to and who you walk with. Because evil communication corrupt good morals. Amen? So fellowship. Then we move to what? What do we move to? From fellowship. It was discipleship. Then we move to witness. Discipleship, I think I bypassed discipleship. Discipleship means that you are going through a process of improving what you know. You are being discipled. You are growing in knowledge. There is no way I would expect anybody to sit here all year and listen to all the sermons preached here and you remain the same. Manasifewe. Hallelujah. Yeah, and, and, and here, you, it's difficult to preach here because people have been used to hearing revelation, God's word spoken. So if you came here and brought stories, you know, or you start doing some gymnastics or some games, people here will know. Why? Because they have been discipled. And I hope you have been discipled to where you can discern Anybody who would be corrupting what you know. Then, of course, we went to witnessing and now ministering. That's what we are talking about. Holiness is an essential credential for what? For service. So for you to serve here, you have to be tested and Seen to have the necessary what? Qualities for service. Here, when we come to the Sunday school ministry, usually we do not receive anybody to teach our children. We have to know their testimony. Amen? To know their testimony. The people you see standing on this stage, we have to know their testimony. The people who usher, you have to know what? A testimony. Amen? If you do not, if you are not faithful in your giving, if you don't pay your tithe, you can't answer. Because if you can rob God, robbing us will be very easy. You will not even think about it. Yeah. 
So you can't be allowed to touch money if you are not faithful. And we tr- I try to tell my team, and you have heard me say this before, we cannot bend our standard. Amen? And bend our standard. The Bible says, avoid any seemingness of evil. Any. Not just avoiding evil, but avoiding every seemingness. They're talking about credentials. There are several scriptures that I will bring out in a foundation of our text. If you can go to the book of Luke chapter 9:62, and please, if we can move fast. Uh, I'm trying to manage a lot of things within a short time. So please, I need somebody to move there. The book of Luke chapter 9. I read, I'll just go back to 57. Okay, let me go 57 uh, to 62. Are you with me? Now, it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. That's a very, very, that's a very serious commitment. That I will follow you wherever you go. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's a tough commitment. I'll follow you wherever you do what? You go. This reminds me of Abraham when he was called to get out of his country. And the Bible says he was told to a land that he, did, he had not known or he didn't know. But what did he do? He left to go not knowing. Amen? So, and Jesus said to him, what did Jesus say? Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to raise his head. The Son of Man has nowhere to raise his head. Wow. Go to the next verse. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord... Let me first go and bury my father. A very good reason. Okay? Let me go first and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their dead. Let the dead bury their dead. Wow. I mean, that sounds like very rude. But Jesus can get away with it because he's a master. Can't question what, his authority <laughs> in what he says because he's a master. He says, let the dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. In some of the commentaries on this text, they say when he said let me first go and bury their dead. In some of the commentaries, it says the father was not even dead. 
So he was going to wait for the father to die and then he will come. Yeah? You understand? Because now, I don't know how old the father was, but consider that he, he had to live more years, then what, what that meant, then the preaching of the gospel would, would wait. At 61. And another who said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. God had an excuse. <laughs> Let's go and bid farewell. Another passage I want us to look through closely is the next one. But Jesus said, and pay attention to this, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Can't look back. Can you tell yourself, I can't look back. There is no room for looking back. There's a song that's sung in, in, my, in, a, in, in, my, in the vernacular that says, when I came to salvation, I came knowing that I'm coming to where? And now it's a, it's a hard question. Can you have, do you have any apologies or do you regret? And you say, I don't have any regrets. I came knowing. Yeah, you know, I chose it. So, not turning back. I say not turning back. And there needs to be that commitment, no turning back. I'm going all the way with Jesus. That's the commitment. And I'm ready to follow him wherever he goes. Next passage of scripture. First Samuel 12:24. First Samuel 12:24. What does it say? Come on, read it out. What does it say? Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth. Let's stop right there. Serve Him in truth. Do you know what that implies? It's possible to serve him, but not in truth. With no sincerity. But the calling for us is to fear the Lord and to serve him in truth with all your heart. Serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. Consider what great things he has done for you. 
Yeah, we can compare notes. But there's a song I associate with about Ubali, about Nimetoka. All of us have asserted Ubali. Amen? Ubali ni mwanya nini? Umetoka. It's far. What does it feel? There's another one we sing. I've come too far to look back. I tell you, I've come too far to look back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've come too far to look back. I've gone through the far. There's been some valleys to cross. I've climbed mountains, closed levers. There are some places I know. And I'm nearing the home show. Whether redeemed, I rejoice in heavenly and free. Heavenly angels are singing, I've come too far to look back. Have you come far too far to look back? Why do you want to lower your standards? Why do you want to lower or to compromise your zeal in your commitment for God? Those who came in the Kesha, we examined a passage of scripture which because I've read so many times, but God just put at me and said, this is, this is the word for the Kesha. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Amen? And a very clear outline. You don't require any hermeneutical understanding. And it's good to have it if this is your calling. But look at that scripture. It says, therefore, who? My beloved. My beloved brethren. Be steadfast. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's a calling. Steadfastness. And we came to learn that the, what will make you successful is your steadfastness. There are so many people who never finish school because they don't stay long enough. I will never forget. And this is a real testimony of somebody who went to Form 1, Form 2, Form 3, and Form 4. And when the exams were beginning, they left school. Wow. Still never forget. It was a good school. Can you imagine that? Somebody leaving school 
when they have done form one, form two, form three, form four, and as we are talking today, they don't even have a living certificate. Because they can't give you a living certificate until you have reached the exit point. Are you healing? And then the guy, now you see, when you don't position yourself, see, we are done. So he ended up selling sweets in the streets. Peremende. Do you need any special education to sell sweets? Do you? And then one day, he comes and bounces into me and says, I've come for help. And I know the story. If it were you, what would you do? Somebody who would be the one to give others help. Now he's coming to? Now I don't want to explain what I did. I'll leave it to your guess. Be what? Steady fast. There are people who cannot even keep a relationship long enough. Because they are not what? Steady fast. Immovable. Immovable. Is this the word of the Lord? Telling you that you cannot even do what? You can't be. You are, you are very stable. Always abounding. That word abounding. If you have studied English. What does abounding mean? Yeah? You are remaining, but you are also progressing in the work of the Lord. Amen? You will never accomplish anything unless you prepare for it, but you prepare for it because you are planned for it. Hallelujah. This building would never have remained for, would still be a dream if there were no plans. And we were so persuaded that we even did a, a model and showed it to the people at the tent. We said, this is what we are doing, what? The building. Wanna say fewer. And here we are, by the grace of God. Because our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let me tell you, what you do for God is not in vain. Any service you make towards the kingdom of God is an investment that is certain to bring returns. Nothing done for the honor of God in a service to him that will not be rewarded. Yeah. Yes. You believe that your work is to come and just sit down and uh, get to enjoy all the music and to enjoy being ushered and to enjoy the sermon, then go home, stay without anything, and then come the next week. <laughs> the Bible says, we shall all do what? Sit in the judgment, so stand in the judgment seat of Christ to receive rewards according to what we did in this body. Now the question is, what are you doing 
because you are in this body. Because you can only do what you do in your body when you are in the body because one day you will be out of the body. And the body that was supposed to be engaged in service is disconnected to you from you so you can't, can't serve anymore. Because you yourself, you know, you know, you need to understand, you are not your body. Your body is calling you. So that's why you are supposed to do things when you are in, in the body. It's you in the body. When you, when you are not there in that body, even people who love you, they, they don't want to be near the body. Because you are gone, you are not there. Wow. Worship team, take your position because I realize my time is out. I need to prepare to run. But I've not even begun. Just in the introduction. Allow me to read the book of Colossians. Chapter number three, as we wind up, verse 23 to 25. Colossians, if you can move there quickly. We can use it to close. And whatever you do, okay, you are now in the service. You are now what, doing what? You are serving. It says, whatever you do, do it heartily. Usiwe mutu wakusukumwa. Atakuja kadisani, ni kusukumwa. Huh? Kwenda kwa maombi, ni kusukumwa. Kwenda kwa outreach, ni kusukumwa. And whatever you do, what does the Bible says? Do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. Oh, I wish we believed that. You know, I will never forget in my history of Deliverance Church Rangata, when people who used to teach Sunday school believed they were teaching it for me, and maybe they were. <laughs> Even people singing the choir, I thought they were singing for? For me, because maybe maybe I have no problem singing. Do you know that? But I'm not supposed to do everything. So, yo masomo, yo kusomesha leo nita, nita goma, nione? Tavanya nini? Nahawa, toto. Whatever you do, do it what? As, as unto the Lord, not to men. Father, both servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men please us, but in sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord, fearing God. Last verse. Of course, that's, I think that, I, well, that's not, I think, I think 22 is what, but of course the other one is also good, but the intention was, both servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Huh? 
Amen da Okay. Not with eye service, not as men preachers, but in sincerity of heart. Hearing them. But to Mika too. Toko moyo wako. And nobody here can say, I don't know what to do. Recently, we had a list. Some, I was preaching here, did not talk. We had so many people. Some of you, there's a meeting today. Please make sure you're in the meeting today because we want to position you to where you are going to serve because you said you want to serve. Amen? Let's stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Following Jesus all the way should be your commitment. No turning back. I say no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Have you made that decision? Turning back. No, no turning back. back. No Every head is bound. You are here and you want to say, Bishop, before you close this service, I want to make a decision that will change the rest of my life. I want to make a decision for Christ. 
I will not be without Christ any farther. I want to align my life to what God desires for my life. How many are here and said you came? I was invited. I do not have Jesus in my heart. I want to be born again. Is there anyone want to raise your hand and say, Bishop, pray for me before you close. I want to be born again. I cannot be a slave of sin anymore. I want to live for Christ. Is there anyone? It's a great feeling for me to believe that all of you have made that decision. This is not a decision you can delegate to anybody. It's a decision you make personally. Could you be here today and you are saying, I've been challenged. I've been challenged. God has challenged me because I'm not abounding in the work of the Lord. I feel there are things that I need to do. I feel like I've lowered my standards. I feel like I've lowered my commitment. But I want to be restored with the right standing in my devotion and commitment. If that is your prayer, just lift up your hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hearts going up. You say God is calling me to reinstate my commitment, to restore my commitment. Just can see hearts going up, particularly on this side, I know, this area here. God is speaking to you. You know you have lowered your standards. You know you are not the same person. You have lost your zeal for God. You have lost your desire and passion. This is, you can't serve God without passion. Just lift up your hand. You know it. Thank you for that hand. You know it too well. You know what is going on with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, look at the men and women lifting their hands. They need a renewed passion for your work. Lord, you are speaking to them to, to be revitalized in their commitment to you. God, look to them graciously and mercifully. Reestablish him in the right standing in your service for you. We thank you for what you're doing in the name of Jesus. Maybe you came here and you're not feeling well. There is healing. Hallelujah. There is healing in this house. Just as there's bread in this house, there's also healing. If you know you're not well, just lift up your hand. We're going to pray for you. Anyone that's not feeling well, you're troubled in your heart. Sometimes sickness can, can even be emotional. You're, not, you're feeling miserable and you need God's intervention. Just lift up your hand. Father, we pray for the people who are lifting their hand right now. You know everything about them, dear Father. Oh God, look to them graciously. Whatever is going on, dear Father, whatever is engulfing their life, oh God, lift that burden away for burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. We thank you for what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you. We celebrate you. Dear Father, we thank you for our virtual audience who have watched this service, whatever they have watched it, from across the country. God, we, even those who may have watched it from the global community, we speak a blessing upon them. We pray they will respond 
to your call. And I just pray for this congregation particularly that all of us are going to be steadfast. We're going to be immovable. We're going to be abounding in your work. But whatever we do for you will be rewarded. It is a promise and you are a promise keeper. Dismiss us with your favor and blessings. Thank you for those who are visiting with us for the first time or the second time or the third time. We thank you for the joy of receiving them. We thank you for what you are doing in this country because our hope is in you. We have authority and dominion. We rule with Christ in the heavenly places. We dethrone kingdoms and authorities that will not be consistent with your purpose for the nation of Kenya. We honor you and celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Come on, let us celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Amen.